I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined tonight by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, this is uh, new territory for us. We don't normally do the betting show together. We normally just do the DraftKings on a either late on a Monday night or a Tuesday uh, evening. But uh, we're going to go all encompassing this week. Uh, give Brad and Jason the week off and uh, and cover DraftKings betting and everything else all in one. Yeah, um, I think it's a good week to do it because the way the you know, the format set up, we can kind of break down the bracket while also talking about the betting prices and DraftKings prices. It's just a kind of a good event where everything can be worked into one. Yeah, I mean, like last year when we did the DraftKings show, we broke down our brackets that we individually and it kind of gave us a way of building teams as we went. And I think that's kind of the way forward, right? I think that it's just, it's almost nice just for people to hear us go through our process basically live rather than kind of like normally when we're preparing these things have them already have our notes up and, and read them out as we go along i actually prefer that like, i haven't really dove too far into this on purpose so that we can uh we can do it live and, and give our reactions as we go along yeah that and i think betting and draftings is very similar this week and you kind of want to target guys who are in certain spots on the bracket so i think you can really easily uh kill two birds with one stone actually pete is against that uh saying now i think the new the new saying is uh I don't know, feed two birds with one piece of bread or something. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of thing. We've got to get upset about something, haven't we? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely the right way forward. I guess quickly recapping last week, uh, we were we were quite high on Taylor Moore in terms of DraftKings. Um, I think we both felt a little bit stupid not betting him in the end. Um, but someone that we've probably been quite high on as a player, talking on and off, kind of knowing that this, there was this upside to it. We just didn't know necessarily that it would come at Valspar. I think we were kind of looking at things like Wyndham and, and Mexico and things like that later on in the year. Yeah, that was disappointing. I was thinking back and I kind of listened to our segment when he came up because I was like, wait a second, we, we really did like him. And, and the more we talked about him, the more we started to really love the play. Then I was like, why didn't he even consider him in, in betting? Um, so, yeah, I felt a little bit silly about that, but I had him in some good lineups. I had a nice six out of six lineup last week, which was um, fairly low percentage. Uh, so I've been kind of all, all over it this year. I haven't really cracked a huge one, but um it was an overall good DraftKings week sad about the tommy uh not winning i thought maybe it could have been his time um i felt like the whole mother's day thing and just everything going it just felt like the stars were kind of aligning for him at a spot where i've always thought he had a good chance to win so i was a little bit bummed out not just for my my bankroll but also just for him and for just my overall fan uh of tommy too yeah i mean it's quite damning now i think someone put it together earlier and it might have been ben coley that so like six wins in 300 and something starts like it's when you look at it like that and the way we talk and think about Tommy doesn't quite match up with what he's done. So it's it's almost the longer you go, the harder it gets. Right. I mean, you look at some of the people that have won once on the VJ Tour and the, I mean, I saw Richard S. Johnson's got as an alternate this week, like the people that can just win one PJ Tour event um, aren't necessarily any better. It's just getting the monkey off your back quicker and not having to stress about it, I guess. Did you ever think he was going to win or did you have in the back of your head, Tommy's not going to win? Well, I just, well, I, I don't know really. Like, I think it was, I just thought Spieth was going to win. So I guess mm-hmm. in that respect, no, I, did, I didn't think he was going to win because I just thought Spieth was when, when it came to it. But um, I didn't, certainly didn't expect Taylor Moore to take it down the way he did. Um, I thought he was close enough. I thought Webb was actually going to have a good 
uh, run it yesterday, but now it kind of transpires why there may have been a bit too many emotions yesterday to uh, to make a run at that based on on the split with Paul Tazori. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Paul really because I actually messaged him on Saturday night, kind of giving him some well wishes after you know the run they'd made and sort of said you know good luck for tomorrow. You know it's been a while since you've been in the hunt, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he just came back as classy as ever, just like you know thanks very much, good to be in the hunt. Um, it's been a while. Nothing, no, no alluding to the fact that this was going to be their last round together, uh, which is pretty wild when you think it's quite a momentous occasion for both of them. Do you, do you think, I mean, they put out the statement and all that. Um, do you think this was kind of Paul moving to a younger, better bag? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even dream of asking him, but I think probably. I think I think Webb's probably got to a point in his career where he's struggling, uh, knows that no matter how good Paul is, it's going to come down to how fit he is and what place he is with his swing at any given time. Um, and maybe just gave Paul his blessing to go and, and pick up one last, you know, one last seems a bit strong. But like, you just seen what Ted Scott's done with Scotty Sheffler. Like, I think he's probably gone, go and do that. Like, it's probably your time. I think it was all pretty amicable. Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds about right, and and you're probably right by saying one last, because right, cause these things could last ten or fifteen years. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I mean, looking at the relationship he's had with Webb, you would suggest it's not going to be a short relationship. We've seen how much Ted Scott and and Scott Shevler put stock into their faith, and that's why they're together. And I think it'll be the same with Webb and Cameron Young. I don't know how whether Cameron Young is religious in that way, but he's obviously a um you know wait for us guy and, and Webb would have known him so maybe there's some sort of relationship there that we didn't know about beforehand yeah interesting yeah I, th- I think it's, it's I always love those kind of dynamics it's, it's nice to see how that plays off and I do think this will be a big boost for Cameron Young who was probably on the periphery of either you know going one way or another like he was either gonna be a bit of a flash in the pan or he could be what I don't know if he can quite be what Scotty Scheffler's been so far I don't think many people can um, but I can't. I can see definitely winning upside in the near future. Like a Sam Burns type. Like is, is he Matt yeah. Wolf or is he Sam Burns? Uh, yeah, I think he can win five or six times in quite in yeah. two or three years, um, especially with the right personal bag. I just don't know whether Cameron Young's problem has ever been who was on his bag or whether he just was a bit green and didn't know what to do yet. But maybe that's what you get from bringing the experienced bag on. I'm yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, interesting to see how it goes. But. Let's go into this week then. Obviously, a bit of a watered-down version of, of the match play, I think is probably fair to say. I was surprised, actually, on that, that there was no... Like, until it actually happened, there was no talk, really, of will they, won't they play. Like, I just assumed they'd be able to. I kind of did. Um, I, I don't, They were being really quiet about it. I reached out to a couple uh, live contacts that I have to try to feel around because i saw some um people talking about it and they were really quiet they said they said no they said no one's saying anything about it no players are talking about it it hasn't been brought up once which probably not true so i, I don't really know exactly what was going on but now we find out that that a handful of them and i doubt very many of them nine were eligible but i doubt more than four or five even like i don't think dj would have wanted to play even if he could have uh, i think there's some that just had no interest like i, I think yeah. there's there's a certain amount of players like thomas and rose aren't here uh, i imagine rory probably doesn't want to play um 
but maybe can't afford to skip for one reason or another at the moment. Yeah. Um. I, I think that yeah, like there's probably very little interest in in a DJ player. And I'd have thought that someone like a Neiman or someone or an Abraham Anzor or people like that would benefit from it. But Reed, Reed and Gooch, I'm sure, yeah, like the player. Reed, Reed loves it. Like Reed will play yeah. every event just so he can. Um. But yeah, no, interesting. Definitely the development there and, and kind of how that leads to some of the players we've got in the bracket. But we'll obviously touch on as we go one by one. So. How do we want to do this? Are we just going top in left. order? Yep, top left down, down and top right down. We'll go that way on the bracket sheet. So for anyone that's kind of following along um, as you're listening, if you want to bring up the the fancy bracket on the PGA Tour, then we're going to go Scheffler's group, then Im's group, Morikawa's group onwards and go from left to right uh, in that respect. So that is the way we are going to do it. Yeah, that sounds good. So... I think we'll start then, obviously, Scotty Scheffler, Tom Kim, Alex Noren, Davis Riley. Who's Scotty Scheffler's biggest threat in this group? Biggest threat in this group? It's, it's a tough kind of a tough draw. Noren, I mean, look at his singles record overall throughout his career. He is the, has, I'm not going to include the first two, is the second highest winning percentage or tied for the best winning percentage of any players in singles. So I have a, a sheet that has Ryder Cup, President's Cup, Match Play, Hero, any any singles event ever. Um, and Noren is 21 and 10 all time in singles. So, uh, so I think that, you know, he could be, and th- I also think, uh, you know, Tom Kim is a tough, um, is he the, no- he's the number one, two seed too. So, and then Riley's playing well. So I think he, he kind of got a tough draw, which is good for the rest of us. I don't want him to escape this group. Um, and I, I think he maybe has a 50, 50 chance of getting out. Yeah, so 2017, uh, Noren made his debut in this event, went 3-0 against Bernd Wiesberg, Tong Chai JD and uh, Francesco Molinari, then Breit Buxke, uh, uh in the first round of the final 16, then went out to Dustin Johnson, who eventually won. So made a great start in there already. And then I think he came back the following year, was in third place as well in 2018. Um, so really, truly, like the first two starts that Alex Noren made here were were incredible. He knocked out Patrick Reed and Cameron Smith uh, in the knockout stages, then lost to Kevin Kisner, who got to the final. And it took Kevin Kisner 19 holes to take it down. Again, he went 3-0 and against this time Finau, Peters and Kevin Nahr. So last two years haven't been as impressive and he's not in as good a form now. So I, I tend to lean to the fact that he's probably going to struggle, especially with Scotty in his group. Uh, I don't see a path to him beating Scotty in a match. But I think with any of these players... We see with like Rory over the years, you wouldn't necessarily predict Rory's going to lose matches, but he does. Um, so I think at some point, Scott Sheffield's got to be beaten. And Tom, I mean, this should be a really good course for Tom Kim too. Yeah, I just... Not playing great. Yeah, I just think he's got to boil. I actually, I actually think Riley could cause the most problems. I think he's just kind of that kind of uh, gritty competitor, but I have Sheffield at least getting out of the group for the first point. Yeah, I can agree with that. Sung JM, Tommy Fleetwood, JT Poston, Maverick McNeely. I would I would lean Fleetwood here. Um, reason being just how well he's playing. Reason being that I do like him in this kind of format. Uh, hasn't been great here, to be fair. He's got that fifth place finish two years ago. Um, it's, it's not necessarily fifth, but he's got through a couple of stages. But it's just the the level of competition that he's got. So Sungjae Im, I don't particularly believe in in here. JT Post and Maverick Mandili. I think he's got the best group he could possibly get. But has he been in the mix too much recently? I think this is a, a great draw, of course. I mean, he's the worst uh, worst ranked number one seed. Um, 
McNeely, who seems like he's been battling some injury stuff. He started to kind of play a little bit better last week, but I'm not completely sold on that, although it does seem like a course that suited players like him in the past. Um, you know, I feel about posting. So <laughs> I, I, I like Tommy to come out of this group. I don't think he's been in the mix too much. I think he's playing some of the best golf we've seen him play in a long time. And I don't, and like, it's, it's sometimes easy to hold something against him. Like this reminds me of, you know, when I was on Vic at API and, and, you know, he was horrible on Sunday and kind of screwed everything up. And then he's like, it doesn't mean you can't go back to him next week because he's still got in the mix, meaning he's still playing well. Then he finishes third at the players, too. Like, so I kind of feel similar about Tommy this week. Yeah, it's tough to see him win. He, I don't think he can actually win the event, but he's playing well enough to get out of this group. He's, he's playing the best of anyone in the, out of the four. I think the, the one thing I would say about match play, which you will see this written up a couple of times, I wouldn't rule people out based on their um, incapability to win a stroke play event. I'd almost rule that out, right? So when he finished, you know, well here last time in 2021, he topped a group with Antoine Rosner, Bryson DeChambeau and Siwoo Kim in it, which I think is, you know, pretty solid in itself. Then he beats Dylan Fratelli 4-3 and it takes Billy Horschel 19 holes to knock him out and Horschel goes on to win against Scotty Scheffler that year. So I'm rel- I, I, don't, I think he's been in the mix a little bit too much, I think, but... I just think through the lack of competitiveness from Post and Emma McNeely, I think Fleetwood gets through. Yeah, he got a great draw. Um, and drafting wise, I guess we'll you know the, we'll do like two at a time. So like in that eight section of eight, so we both have time moving on. But that section yeah. of eight, I think Scheffler's gonna be the highest owned player. Yeah. Uh, in the entire field. So if you think Riley could be feisty, if you think Tom could get there. If you think a sleeper comes out of that Tommy group, whether it's McNeely or Poston, that'd be a good person to have in your lineup because they might, you know, if Scheffler goes down as the most popular player, and then all of a sudden you take McNeely to come out of the come out and he has Davis Riley in the in the round of sixteen, and you get him through it one percent, really cheap, and you know, and then the other favorites that you have in your lineup move forward, you're in a really good position. Yeah, so I think I think trying to figure out the the strategy here whilst trying to just make a bracket. Can get a little bit. So it's good that you're kind of interjecting there. So are you playing Scotty Scheffler in your lineups? No. Not at all? Nope. I don't. I, I, two years in a row, first and second, I get it. He's coming off a win. Um, but even in the year he won, he had to go to an extra holes one time. He like, these matches get dicey. And I, I think at the most popular guy, the most expensive guy, um, and favorites go down here. So I, I'm going to go away from him. Are you are you playing Fleetwood? Yes, I'm going to play Fleetwood because I think the price is good and I think he has the, one of the easier roads. And last year, I mean, Scotty Sheffield lost one match and it was to Tommy. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's the thing. I think what we'll do is we'll go. So when we pick our player to win that group, we'll then flag it if it's one of the bets we've made, and then we'll use that. Are we going to put that player in from that group into our lineups, or is anyone else in that group that we're going to make? So any one of those two groups so far that we've mentioned that you're going to play hoping they just get through. I'm going to play Fleetwood and I could see myself having Riley in a lineup. Um, yeah. Cause I just think you can get some leverage that way, but no outright bets for me in, in uh, either of those. No yeah. agreement here. That would be everything I would say about those two groups. Uh, so now we come into, I think one of the more fascinating groups, actually Colin Morikawa, Jason Day, Adam Spence and Victor Perez. So I have Jason Day coming out of this group, but I think both Morikawa and Perez can give him trouble. I, I pretty much say that Svensson is dead rubber at this point. 
um, and it's between the three of them. But do you have any different opinions? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all that. Perez is dangerous. He was good um, two years ago here. And also, he played decently last week. Um, he played all right. He kind of struggled over the weekend. Tired off to me, yeah. But I think it's probably going to be either more Kyle or Day. Day is a great match play record overall, and he's playing great. Um, and he's won at, I think, both this course and the and the old course. At, yes. uh, yeah, he was at Dove, Dove Mountain and here. Um, so, yeah, he's been really impressive. Morikawa got out of his group uh, last year. The group was Sergio, Jason Kokrak, and Robert McIntyre. So he beat McIntyre, tied with Sergio, and beat Kokrak. Don't know necessarily how impressive I find that uh, run of performances. And then he got the he shit lost, kicked out of him. He lost seven and six to, to Abraham Anser. So in that respect, I'd probably have a little bit of concern, I would say, about... I mean, everything about his score suggests that he should be good here, but I'm just trying to think about, has he been great at Pete Dye in the past? No, I'm not, not really. Um, let's see, I have my um, I have my rankings up, my Pete Dye where, rankings. Where are, we, where are we thinking? We're thinking players, heritage. I don't know how much he's played per- heritage, but I just can't remember him ever making that much of an impact on, on Pete Dye. I could no. be wrong and here. He, he's just so hit or miss at the moment. Um, you know, he could... I think his ball striking could put a lot of pressure on his opponent, which I think, you know, mitigates the putting a little bit. I haven't ranked 15th in this field in his last 24 rounds on, on Pete Dye. Okay. Um, so it's decent enough, but it's like, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think that's always the thing people think like his, his ball striking is going to almost put his opponents to sleep. Um, in his debut here, he tied two games and lost another. His group was Horschel, Homer, JT Poston. So, yeah. He didn't even beat Poston that year. So I, I have my concerns that he's not necessarily a, a brilliant fit for this course. And in that respect, I feel a lot more bullish about Jason Day. Because the, the, I know that the kind of concerns about Jason Day at the moment are he's playing well without getting in the mix. But I just think match play is such a different animal. And I think this could be the place that he warms up and gets that confidence back of winning ready for most championships. Yeah, I, I think um, this is definitely a, a great place for Day. I. So full disclosure, I bet Morikawa because DraftKings Ope had early odds. He was 35 to one, and I was like, yeah. that's just too big of a number with the way he's playing at, and the way he played at the players, led the field in stroking approach. So I bet the 35 to one. Um, is it necessarily because I think he's, you know, has a really really great chance to win, or there's a great course fit? Not not really. I just thought the number was too good to pass up, and um, I actually worked with my betting card, the four guys I have in four different quadrants. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm fine with Day moving on here. Yeah, day 33 to 1 best price uh, in both the UK and the US. Um, Caesars Sportsbook in the US and a couple of different places um, in, in the UK, namely Skybet. So, um, yeah, day is my first bet. Um, Morikawa, I, can't, I can definitely understand the 35 to 1 bet on, on Colin Morikawa. When it starts going down to 22, I just don't have the interest. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So what do we do... DraftKings wise, are they you play a mix of Morikawa and Day? Yeah, I think that's that's probably the way to go. Looking at ownership, which is really early, but usually have a decent um, you know view of it. I think Morikawa will be a little bit more popular than Day, but I think both will garner a little bit of ownership. I think you know I'll, anyone in this kind of upper left hand area might have some mitigated ownership because of people looking for Scheffler. I think a lot of people are going to play Scheffler, and, and they're going to. Fill it out as if he's going to steamroll everybody, and that is going to affect their their DraftKings lineups. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. Do you do you have to have a clear stance on just two players out of the four in each group, or can you mix and match three players? Like in a situation here where you think Perez could be a good cheap option in some lineups. And you mean simul? I wouldn't play them in the same lineup as Day or or Marcel. No, just don't put them in the same lineup. But would you have enough different lineups where you'd use three different players, or do you think even across multiple lineups you just have to pick two from each group? Like, yeah, does your pool have to be settled on two? From right. Each? Yeah, it depends. I guess how many lineups you're going to play. But for me personally, I always say I play seven or eight lineups, mostly single entry. So I would only play probably two of them. Um, and I think one way to kind of do it would be if those the guys you like that we're talking about, you could have. If you want to play Scotty, I would I would mix him with um you know a lower own guy or from the day Holland uh day from the day group if you're looking for somebody to kind of sneak through. But if you're gonna if you're gonna play a sleeper in that Scotty group that we talked about, then that could be one when you really want to go either day or Colin. Yeah, so if you're if you're gonna take the stance of taking Riley out of the first group and Fleetwood out of the second, then you really have to Star one of the favourites. Yeah, yeah. You, you need the star power in the next one, right? So kind of in the same alignment here. Another group that's interesting, Victor Hovland, Chris Kirk, Siwoo Kim, Matt Kuchar. I have Matt Kuchar as just a long shot bet, uh, just because his record is insane at this golf course. Mm-hmm. In two match, in, yeah, uh, is, it, is it two runners up or the second or the third? He's, at, he's definitely had... He's a, he's a second and a third here, and I think he's a runner-up at maybe another course. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he's also he's only failed to get out of the group once in five visits, which I just think is astounding, like consistency for someone who is fairly limited as a golfer. Let's be fair; like he he's a very good golfer, and at his best, he was one of the better players in the world. But he has a limited skill set, and it just suits his golf course just like it does Matt Kuchar. Uh, uh, Kevin Kisner, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said part of the reason why I and I was in the minority here which you know some of my opinions tend to be but I wanted this the match play to go away from this course because it favored guys like Kucher, Kisner and Horschel too much and one of them was everyone says like it's a good course because everybody anybody can win any skill set which is true but it tends to be the same like three guys every single year they play it um just these Bermuda putters who kind of shorter plotters which is good and I don't mind the course for match, but I just wish there was a rotation to where you'd get a mix of different guys. So, um, yeah, so I think he could just based on course history alone, this seems to be a really uh, course history dominated course. It does. Like you've got, what have you got? Kisner, Scheffler, Kucha, Horschel, I guess, yep. is, is, are the four. I mean, just looking at Kucha's last appearance here, 2021, uh, he's in a group with Kevin Kisner, who's what, the next best, Justin Thomas and Louis Ustase, and he goes 3 and 0. That's, a t- that's, that, that's insane like that was I think that was probably if I remember rightly at the time kind of marked as a group of death and he's just capable to it like it's yeah the next round I think um, performance. I think in the 16 or the 8 was when he had that little issue with Sergio sounds about right he, uh, he he told him to pick it up he didn't tell him to pick it up and he Sergio missed the tap in and Cooch well <laughs> looked back and said I didn't say I didn't say that was uh that was good it's uh, wild that probably goes down close with um with Bradley and Jimenez, right? I always remember that one. Yeah, yeah, similar. So, just looking at kind of bringing up 2019 here as well, and just seeing what he did uh, that year. So in 2019, when he was second, what did he do in his group? Again, he went 
So he went two and well, he went unbeaten again, two and a half points in a group with JB Holmes, John Rahm, and Sibu Kim. Like it's obscene the people that he overcomes. Then he goes four and three against Tirahatan, two up against Sergio, uh, one up against Lucas Beauregard, who played very well that year. And then I think that was the match after Beauregard had beaten Tiger Woods, which I guess kind of helps when you're trying to face him next time. Um, and then he eventually lost out to Kevin Kisner. So he's insane, the last two efforts here. Is he playing well enough to keep that kind of form up is the question, I guess. Last thing I'll say before I answer is that he leads the uh, field in single match wins in his career. Uh, 35, 35 and 18. Rory is second, 34 and 18. Um, is he playing well enough? I don't know. Um, it's t- I w- in this in the... Um, the log I'm looking at doesn't have this event in there. So I, I'm trying to think of what his form was like coming in when he started playing well. I'd be interested to see that. Yeah, I don't remember that. But I just remember, so like, I'm just looking at 2018 as well. He had a much easier group this time. Yuta Akita, Ross Fisher, Zach Johnson got out of that one, then lost to Kevin Kisner. So I'm just looking at, I'm kind of actually just looking at like how he lost. So in 2017 was the only year he didn't get out of a group. Who was his group would be the question. I'm just trying to see if there's any kind of like chinks in his armor here and, and how it was done. Um, 2017. So he was in a group with Zach Johnson, who won the group, Brendan Steele and Tommy Fleetwood. And he went one, one and one. So yeah. if if he's not at his best form, I guess that is what can happen. Um, and he has got Victor Hovland in his group, but I don't think there's necessarily anyone in this group that I'd be scared of for Kucha. Yeah, I think it's a dangerous group. I wouldn't be surprised if any of the four won. That, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, any one of them can win. Like, Chris Kirk's having the ball-striking season of his career. Victor Hovland is obviously the class of the field. I'd maybe rule out Siwoo Kim, only because, for some reason, his PDI form hasn't correlated to success here. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and Kirk, too, if you look at him, like, skill set-wise, like, look what Power did last year. I could see Kirk doing that. Yeah, I like Kirk. And actually, 2016, he played okay so the first year that it was here if i just bring up there i've got him flagged as uh fifth place finisher that year just see how he did it so in 2016 who was chris kirk in a group with he was in a group with brandon grace russell knox and david lingworth and he went two and one uh, then he beat Bill Huss two and one in the round of 16, then lost to Rory McIlroy. Yeah. So actually, when you look at it, like probably Chris Kirk is the person that's going to garner the least amount of interest in that group, but he might actually be just as dangerous. Definitely, I think more dangerous than Steve Kim. Yeah, and then and then you got Kucher, who I completely agree with your original take that he. You know, it wouldn't shock anybody. It shouldn't shock anybody if he comes out of the group and all of a sudden makes a little run in this thing, regardless of how he's playing. He missed a couple of cuts in a row, but yeah, I mean, it's what it I is. I just think when you look at the fact that he's kind of had like three top 12 finishes this season and they've come in like events that he's just used to being good at, like he's played well at Sony, played well at Genesis, and he played well somewhere early on in the season as well. If he's just playing his courses well, then there's no reason why he can't do this one. Um it's a really, really tough group. I'm just going to pick Kucha based on the fact it's a bit of an upset to Hovland. Um, but actually, that then pits Jason Day and Matt Kucha up against one another. Who, so I bet both of those, which is a bit of a weird circumstance. I wouldn't normally do that. But the guy's 100 to 1, whatever. Yeah, like he, he's 100 to 1 or 90 to 1, I think, Kucha now. Um, 
and Jason Day is like 40s, like I, I feel like you've got the ability to to do that. Uh, well, 33 to one, uh, Jason Day now. So I think that's a fair enough. Yeah, you can actually still get 100 to one on Kutra in both the UK and the US. So that's a lot of maybe sitting on the fence here a bit. Are we picking Matt Kutra to come out? Yeah, let's do it. Let's pick Matt Kutra. Um, any kind of worries that Hovland is just too good? Yeah, definitely. That's um concern. He's playing really well, too. Um, but I just think this is, might be one of the toughest groups. It's the only group where I feel like there's no, not not a free win because nobody is, but I just feel like you're going to have to battle to get out of this thing, and you're going to kind of be battered when you do. So it's not a good, not a uh, bad place to take a shot. See, I think, I think you know, yes, okay, no one's a free win, but it has been like you you would maybe the top group of, of Kim, Noren, and Riley, just based on Noren's course, you wouldn't want to go up against him. But certainly in the in group, like both Post and McNeely would be looked at as people that you'd be trying to beat. Svensson yeah. would be a weak link in that group. So I think it is important to kind of identify one, and it is a lot harder in that group than others. So um, when people talk about one of the toughest groups, I actually think this group of Hovland, Kurt, Siwa, Kim, and Kucher is probably the toughest to predict. I think so too. What do you do from a DraftKings perspective there? You're just looking... So this, this is a, this is a tough one. Like, I'm going to completely rule out Siwa Kim. I have no interest in playing him in any way, shape, or form. I think he's the weak link. I'd probably go against Hovland just because of the what you've got to pay from him in the sense. So then that kind of leaves me with Chris Kirk and Matt Kuchar as the two targets from a DraftKings perspective. Yeah, for me, it depends on how you feel about Homa. I think a lot of people are going to like Homa and think you can make a deep run. And if you're one of those people, you probably shouldn't play Hovland, especially coming out of that group. So... I think it's a good one. You, you know, play some Cooch, some Kirk. So let's go into the Homer group. Max Homer, Hideki Matsuyama, Kevin Kisner, Justin Sir. I think Homer comes out of this. Yeah, I think this is this one's a cakewalk right now. I think Kisner's playing just horribly. So I don't think he's. I don't know if he's suited for this. Um, and then Hideki has historically not been very good here. He's, or it never made it out of the group here. I, I think. Yeah, I think it's one of the easier groups. That's why I think Homer's kind of a shoe in. Yeah, like Hideki's never made it out of the group here. Uh, he's now, you know, always a bit of a, an injury doubt. Kisner is, I think it's very, very difficult to rule out someone that's got a first, second and a second in the last four years. But also when you look at his other year, like other years, he's been, he's not made the group, like out of the group. So it's not like he's gone, it's not like Kutra has made it out of the group four out of the five times he's been here. He's gone three and three. So he's capable of just having a bad year. And the way he's playing suggests that's going to be the, the outcome. Yeah, I think so too. Because I actually bet him last year, and I don't think he was in great form last year, but he's even worse now. Um, it's as so bad as I could ever remember. Like he, he he literally looks dumb. Like he he looks completely gone at the game. Um, I think too much hanging out with the bar still, guys. Maybe. <laughs> maybe he's. I think he just doesn't. He's. I don't think he's ever been that motivated. And I think the more money you get for doing less, that's everyone's arguments, right, in terms of live and things like that. Like, it applies down to the PJ Tour as well. Um, so I think that's a fairly easy Max Homer pick there. Yes. Won't, won't, won't spend any more time on that then. So Jordan Spieth, Shane Lowry, Taylor Montgomery, Mac Hughes. First question, any bets in this group? I bet Spieth at uh, 28 to 1. Is that a Texas angle or what is that? It's, so it's a lot, a lot of things. One, Texas. He plays great in Texas too. I think the core should suit him pretty well. Um, he kind of he made it out of the group last year and he wasn't in that good of form. Whereas this year he's in much better form. He's playing really well. I 
even just thinking back to the shot he hit on 17 yesterday where like he needed to make a good shot bouncing back after a bogey and he hit a great one he missed the putt but like i just like the way he's striking the ball he's actually finally starting to do spethian things to go along with that ball striking i think it's a good spot for him and i like um i kind of like i, I kind of like his group too so I think he is actually last year. I think he actually missed out. I think it was the year before that he got through okay. the group. Um, so he's got out of the group two times and then failed four times. I guess that's the only concern. But like, you've got to go. I mean, I'm not going to keep doing this because it, it, you know, it just takes so much time to go through group by group. But like, is is it just a case of sometimes you've got to look at the fact they may have just had a really tough group? Like he overcome a group in 2021 of uh, Fitzpatrick, Wolf, and Connors, which I think is actually. A pretty good scalp. Uh, Who did he lose to? Cooch eventually. Who did he lose? Yeah, he lost one up to Cooch in the in the uh, round of sixteen. Yeah, I remember that match. Who um, then? Who then went on to only lose to Scheffler in the semis and then won the third place playoff as well. Yeah, so I think it's partly that, and I think a lot of these years he was a pretty shitty golfer overall. <laughs> yeah, I think right? I think also like when when you think about it, like the, so twenty sixteen, which was in the first year they played here. I mean, I don't I can't remember exactly what rank he is. I'm sure I can bring it up pretty quickly, but he would have been probably the favourite or one of the favourites um, yeah. to win it. And I think that comes, yeah, he was the number one seed that year. So I think that comes with his own pressure. He had Jamie Donaldson, um, Victor Dewison, and Justin Thomas. He actually went three and zero that year, um, and then I guess he just got knocked straight out to Louis Ustase and won four and two. Uh, then knocked out Dustin Johnson, then knocked out Bello, and then lost in the final. So he's only really losing to match play experts when he gets out of the group. Yeah, 2019, 2020, and 2021, he sucked at golf. Yeah. So I guess, you know, that, that you've got to take it into account. So I think it's definitely a Spieth victory here. Um, I don't really see any other outcome. Lowry doesn't play well here, right? He's He's never done anything i don't think of this golf course uh, he's yeah. never he's barely had a win i don't think in this event in match play um singles in general he's been really really bad uh he's eight and 19 in his career in singles he matches he wasn't good at the Ryder cup he was he i don't remember no eight and 19 overall yeah so i've got speed coming out there i know montgomery would be interesting in terms of you can get hot with the passer i guess the same applies to to mac hughes but um i'm happy to just avoid them because he's better than all of them at basically every facet of the game my only question is when when homa plays speed how uh are most of the golf media gonna be able to keep it in their pants and who, <laughs> yes. and who, who are they gonna be rooting for that's a tough one that, yeah that's the, that's the number favorites number one and two golden child versus silver child i guess yeah yeah um yeah that's no, a good question <laughs> next group sam burns seamus power adam scott adam hadwin this could go this is a tough one like it hasn't, it hasn't. It's not the group of death in terms of star power, but it's probably the hard, one of the hardest to predict again. Yeah, it it is. I don't like, I don't like Burns. I think you got to go with a longer shot out of this group. Why do you not like Burns? Just you just you just need to go against the top. No, seat. no, I just think. What's he done here? Nothing. He's never played it. Okay, he's never played. Um, what's he done overall? He's. Only played in one singles match in his career as a professional. 0-0-1. That was from the President's Cup. Yeah. I just think you can't go with all favorites, and I think this is one of the. And I don't think he's playing that well. Like last year, I mean, last week he played decently at the at the Valspar. He had a hot Sunday to get him back in. But partly just I think he's able to read those greens. That's his course. 
um, I think he was able to overcome poor form with just how comfortable he was on that golf course. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Seamus Power had a good debut here as well last year, right? Yep. Very good. Final eight. What did he do? So he obviously topped his group, then beat Tyrrell Hatton 4-3, lost to Scotty Scheffler. So, I mean, that's... There's nothing, right? Like you can't, you can't beat those type of players. The way he was playing at the time, the fact that he won the tournament, so that's the only person knocked him out. We, we've spoken about the fact, and he knocked out Cantley, Keith Mitchell, and Sung JM. Like I, I know we've kind of said that him isn't kind of like the person you'd expect. But he went five and four against him, five and four against Cantley, and then lost to Mitchell two and one. Yeah, is he in form right now? That's my only question. I just remember him being like sneaky, like looking into like the he's he's not in the last two events. Like he finished 72nd at Bay Hill and missed the cut of the players. But I seem to remember thinking he was being overlooked when he went into Bay Hill. Like he had 15th, 20th, and 14th finishes. I think I think he'd definitely come back alive again for this. Yeah, for me it became down to Hadwin or Power. Um, Hadwin's playing good golf right now. Yes, I think he's being somewhat overlooked, but I don't know if he's playing well enough to overcome. He has played and it played here in 2018. So this he must have picked up a win looking at the the kind of finish. Let's see who he had in 2018. What do we think has Hadwin as a player in terms of like I can't remember what he's done at Presidents Cup. He's obviously played in them. You must have that sheet there. He's one one and one one and three lifetime singles. But then you got to think coming up against an American Ryder Cup team, he's not expected to win. Like he's not a favorite right. in any of those matches, is he? Um, if you're looking for a tie, he's he's your guy. He's your guy. He uh he hard, so yeah so here in 2018 he actually went unbeaten. He won one and halved twice. Mm-hmm. So he halved with Kisner, halved with Wiesberger, and beat DJ four and three. So DJ went zero oh and three that year. But that's a pretty good record for someone that's actually playing well. So it, I'm going to go to you on this. I think it's between Power and Hadwin. I don't have too much interest in Scott. I agree. Um, you know what? For me, it's kind of like I feel like in this event, people will chase that guy who made the run the year before, like Perez when he goes to the Sweet 16 or, or the Final 16, and then the next year people say, "Oh, Perez is good here." Like I think doing that with Power might be just chasing what already happened, and I think Hadwin is in the mold of what Power did last year, what Connors did last year, and he could kind of have a similar run. So I think it's kind of going against the grain a little bit, but also digging the same type of skill set and potentially as good of a player. So I, I think we go Hadwin. Let's go have it. I like that. That brings us on to the final group on the left-hand side of the bracket. Patrick Cantley, Brian Harmon, KH Lee, Nick Taylor. Now, this was kind of marked up as like Patrick Cantley's got a bit of a cakewalk. I think Nick Taylor's dangerous. He is. Um, he's playing pretty you, – you, you mentioned him last week, and I saw him on the leaderboard, and I thought of you. Uh, he's playing pretty well. Yeah, like he was 10th last week. Um you know, that was a little bit, he kind of grew into the event. So he's 58, 40th, 20th, 10th eventually. But I just think he's playing good enough golf right now to kind of cause problems for Cantley, who I don't know has necessarily been that good here. He's never made it out of the group. This field sucks. Nick Taylor. <laughs> Nick Taylor <laughs> we're, we're considering Nick Taylor as the concern. So I'm ruling out KH Lee. I, I'm doing that. I don't think Brian Harmon's playing well enough, despite his form looking pretty decent he's got out of the group two out of the three times he's been here but i just don't think he's playing i think it's a kisner thing he's not playing well enough yeah he is basically lefty kisner isn't he yeah he looks like him probably a little bit so probably in stature yeah um is can just too good 
I think Cantley gets out. Uh, he's still, um, I think, yeah, he's too good. And he didn't get out of his group, but I think he went to a, a, a playoff last year. Let's have a look. Some of the names you see when you, when you bring up some of these former years and who have been in this event is quite ridiculous. Um, let's have a look at where Cantley was. So Cantley, so Cantley lost by half a point to power last year in the group. Okay. So it must, it must have been the year before he had a 21 where he must have had a bit of a run. Let's have a look. 21. And while you're looking, he's 9-4-2 and two overall in singles. Um, most of those, he's probably a minus 200 favorite with him and Xander against a weak team, but this, oh, this that's, was, that's not singles. This was, the, this was the playoff year. He lost to Brian Harmon in the sudden death playoff with a par. Okay. So they both won twice and lost once. Uh, so can they beat Harmon in the group in the group match, beat Ortiz, lost to Hideki, and then he lost to Harmon in the playoff. That's probably a bit of a freak result, I would say, losing the playoff after you've already beaten him in the group. And in 2018, his debut, he must have won uh, another game as well. Let's just bring that up. I think this is a, this is a thing like with this group format, you have to be you have to look so intricate and like how unlucky were they to not make it out of their group and because once you get out of the group like anything I think can happen I think we've seen that over the years but you've just got to get out of that point and I do prefer it actually the group play but I think it it definitely gives you some weirder results I think yeah you you gotta be um you gotta be playing you gotta play well to get out of your group which is how it should be right like I think I think you should I do like the format the way it is um so Cantley in 2018, he actually won two games in a group with Cameron Smith, Hideki and Yuzuka Miziato. So he beat Hideki four and three, Miziato one up and then lost to Cameron Smith two up. So, yeah, I think Cantley's done enough. He's won enough games here despite not getting to any sort of final rounds uh, to say that he can come out of that group. I just, for some reason, I just had to think about Nick Taylor at the moment, but probably not good enough to beat Cantley. Yeah, I got Cantley. Do you so what do you do now here? So we've obviously picked what have we picked here? One, two, three. We've picked four winners, right? More than mm-hmm. that. Eight. Right. Eight win eight winners, right? So Yeah. Eight. How many of those different winners are you putting? So if you if you're doing eight lineups, are you doing one with each of them in it? Good question. Um no, because you you have to believe they can go farther than just out of their group. Like if I I would be playing um, six guys in a lineup, you got to play one from each quadrant, and then two can come from anywhere on the thing, anywhere on the entire map. I would say, yeah. um, but preferably, obviously, not the same group and not the same two groups. Yeah, not the same quarter. Not the same quarter. So it, de- it definitely gets a bit messy. Like this is why these lineup optimizers and stuff do like appeal yeah. this week because it like it is going to take some some thinking. I think the best thing for us to do is highlight the guys that we like, and I think it then comes down to people to go and put them in. But I guess the overarching thing is of so this so we picked Scotty Scheffler and Tommy Fleetwood to come out of the top two groups. You're you're definitely playing Fleetwood in lineups. You're not playing Scheffler. You're playing a mix of Jason Day and Matt Cooch in different lineups. Yep, and Morikawa too. And same um, with Homer and Speed. I'm not going to play Homer. Just because he's going to be popular. 
Yeah, and I just I think Spieth is I just have a feeling Spieth's going to make a run, so I don't want to get an expensive player who's running into Spieth in the round of 16. Are you feeling the same about Cantley then? In the fact that he's going to no, keep... no. So you're going to give him a chance? No, so no, so yeah, I I I'm not going to play Cantley either. I would play I would play if I was going to play anyone from down here. I think Hadwin is the, is the guy I would play. Hadwin or Power. Yeah, makes sense. Are we are we then deciding the quarterfinals and semifinals? This side are we going to the groups at the next stage? How are we doing? The, yeah, next one. Go to the next one, right? So we've got John Rahm, Billy Horschel, Keith Mitchell, Ricky Fowler in a group. My main question is, can Ricky or Horschel cause Rahm enough problems? I think Mitchell could too. Do you? He's, he's playing really well. Um, he kind of has that streaky, mentality. Streaky passer as well, I guess. Yeah, he's fifth in the field and birdie or better. He's fifth off the uh, third off the tee. And Rahm, I, I love Rahm. I think he obviously could win the event. Um, it's a tough group. Yeah, he's... he's He's been handed probably the toughest. Um, and we'll probably say that a couple of times tonight. But like five appearances here, he's he's got a second on debut and he's got out of the group the last two times and got further in 2021. I don't know. I just I just wonder if these guys have just got so much more on their mind, like the Masters coming up, like how easy it is to just get yourself up for match play as well. I don't think they care as like if if they cared about the match play, this wouldn't be getting scraps next year. Mm-hmm. If, if if Rory and Ram Thomas etc loved match play one Thomas would be here and two this would be on the schedule next week. Yeah, I, I agree with that, uh, and it's a shame because it really it really should be. But this is one where I think you could take a chance on somebody else. I think Ram, I don't. It's, it's is this way to, is this where you have to take a chance? I like, think because because I think we have to see Scotty Scheffler coming out of his. I guess we've taken quite a lot of chances, though, down the other side already. Yeah, and Horschel's not playing that great. There's something wrong with him. Um, Ricky is playing very well, but it's tough to see him coming out of the group. It depends how you see whether you think the the Masters motivation paralyzes him or makes him the best he's ever been, right? It's, just, it's literally as simple as I think he has to play his very best to get out of the group. Um, and I think sometimes the weight, like people will use that and go like, he's got the masters on his mind. That's how he's going to get out. And I think actually no, that could be the reason he doesn't get out. Like it could just be so tough. I imagine just like facing Ram and it matters. I haven't actually looked at when he plays Ram. I guess that's probably quite important, but like, I think actually it almost hurts when it comes down to, you've got to do well here to, to get to the masters. Yeah, it's tough because that's that's my, my dilemma, and this is the, this is the one I'm having the most difficulty with because I think he's going to win the Masters. Um, let's, let's, let's qualify. You mean Rahm and not Ricky Fowler? Yes, Rahm, 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 and I. Uh, but I don't think he's going to win this. I don't think he's going to play overly that well in this. So I just I just don't know. Like, but but can you play that bad here and then go and win the Masters? Well, the thing is, you look at it like Scotty used it as a springboard to yeah. winning winning the Masters. But that's never happened before. I don't, I don't remember a case of any of the others. Did Dustin win the Masters the year that he? No, like he won that like two or three years after winning the match play, right? Well, they didn't have. Um, that was he won the Masters when the Masters. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't on, wasn't it? Yeah. So I can't see that that would be. But would it, was this the year? Did Tiger win the Masters when he after he uh, lost to Beauregard? Yes. So he made a little run. 
Yeah. Who else had won the map? Um, wonder how Sergio did in 2017. Like, I don't know if there's any instances of a guy playing, not advancing out of their group and then winning the Masters two weeks later. That's what I'm kind of curious about. I was going to look up Sergio in 2017, but I can't look at it on that sheet because he's not in the field this week. Let's have a look here. Um, it sucks that some of these guys are not here. I know some of them just don't matter anymore, but like, I still think yeah, it's I know fun it does. to have Sergio in here. Uh, what did Sergio do in 2017? He didn't get out of the group because Ram was in his group. Okay, and then he won, and then he... Um, yes, yeah, interesting. I guess it's, it's kind of just a... I, I guess you can't correlate it. Certain um, players will use it as a springboard, and some others would. Now, I would definitely say that it massively helped Scotty, but I think it's important. So looking at kind of... Um, People are starting to um, kind of fill lineups out. And it's looking like he'll be popular somewhat, but he's going to be way behind Scheffler and way behind um, Homa, who I have as the two most popular guys, um, Hatton as well. But so I think he's he might be a good guy to have in the lineup. I'm thinking that's what I'm thinking. Like, is it? Yeah. Are, are you playing him because the discount you're getting in ownership against the other elites? Like he is truly way above the other players in his no matter how good Mitchell and Fowler are playing, he's still levels above them in terms of quality. So, and Horschel we're saying is out of sorts. Then you look at the the, the group that he's going to go up against. He should be getting past that as well. And he's one of the few guys in the field where you, you have to stare him down to beat him. Like who's going to come up against Rahm and, and take him out? Um, Scheffler is now one of those guys and Rahm's one of those guys. But I think, you know, he does carry a little bit of that pedigree. So one and two, uh, seeds, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm are taking them to go through. Yeah. People didn't come here for the hot takes, did they? Um, <laughs> next group, Cameron Young, Sepp Stracker, Corey Connors, Davis Thompson. I think, I'll, Cam, I think Cam Young gets out. I don't like Cam Young. Really. I, I got Connors. Um, I just think this is a really good course for him. I think we're going to see... I didn't really look too deeply into what he did prior to last year. He went 0-3 the year before in 2021, I think. I think so. Last year, he obviously came third, but I think it's more of a freak result going 0-3 than it is doing what he did last year. I know getting third is obviously a huge achievement, but let's just look at the 0-3 and who he was in. That was when he was in Spieth and Fitzpatrick's group with Matthew Wolf as well. So it was a tough group to get out of, which I think. Sometimes you have to forgive. The only thing I would say is I'm not concerned about the course for him, more the current form for Connors. Like, is he playing well enough to to get out of this group? Yeah. Um, I just think last year kind of is weighing on my mind here, and I know I said a little bit earlier that we shouldn't go upsets based on that, but I just think it's a really good course for him because it's short. I think get the iron styled in. He's he's playing okay, not great. He wasn't good at the players, but and I don't. I mean, do you think this is a good course for Young? Played well on Pete Dye before, right? Yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking. Like Heritage, he was good. Um, players, he he had been fine. Um, not necessarily. I don't think it's a great course for him. But then I, I think it's in the it's not a great course for him in the same sense. It's not a great course for like John Rahm. It's just John Rahm's talent takes over. So there are instances of really good players struggling here, and he could definitely fall in that category. I just I just wonder if this Paul Tesori bump is going to come in straight away. We see it sometimes. Um, but it's not like 
Tazori had a massive affinity with this course or anything. I forgot about that. Um, I, I think I'm ruling out Stracker and Thompson, so I'm happy. To, I'm happy to go with Connors and give you the kind of bones one veto a year uh, pick here. Um, but the Cameron Young, but it, if Paul Tazori wasn't on the bag this week and there wasn't this kind of like, oh, he's got a new caddy bump, I probably wouldn't be so in on him. But I just for some reason think that's going to change things quickly. Yeah, I, I think we go with Connors here because I feel a little strongly um, about it than some others, and I don't really like Cam Young. Cool, excellent. So I'm not making a bet in either of those two groups, so no real reasons to wear them in, in terms of a betting perspective. Um, next group, Tony Finau, Kurt Kitayama, Adrian Moronk, Christian Bisweden, uh, yes. It. I have Kitayama coming out. Um, I had Seabez coming out. I don't feel really? that strong. I don't feel strongly about it, but I think I want to say he he won a couple matches here last year, the year before. He, and he, he may have got a half. I think might have been the. Let's have a look. Um, I mean, you know my feelings about Bezuidna Hat anyway, so maybe my bias is a bit too strong. Last year he went 0 and 3, but he was in a group of Hatton, Siwoo, and Daniel Berg, and it was actually a year where Siwoo actually played it well. Uh, 2021. What did he do? I think that was the year he got out. Still, he's never got out. Okay, never mind. Um, I don't like. Is it because he like appeals in like a he should be good at like a short course wedge fest type thing that had you thinking? He went. He he halved a match with Neiman, uh, and then lost to. Um, Bubba and Padre Reed, the Imposer. Okay, yeah, he. So he's been the players. He's been fourth in the two times. Yeah, maybe it's just the players that he was play, played th- game three and a half on approach and finishing thirteenth. It was his best approach performance since um, Charles Schwab. You know, so th- there's a Texas link too there, and um, in uh, 2022 finished fifteenth there, and then twelfth at the Byron Nelson in that year. So maybe it is a Texas thing with him. And maybe like I think this is just like one that we're targeting because we don't trust Finau to get out, right? Yes, that's that's what it is. So you've just got to make a choice. But you like Kitayama coming off a win. That's just the one thing that bothers me a little bit. I just like Kitayama in general. I think he's just a good player and I could see him being, I mean, he's never going to get on a Ryder Cup team because he's American and like that's just a ridiculous team to try and get on. But like if he was European, we'd be desperate for him. Like it's... Yeah. I, I don't feel strongly at all about Seabest, so I'm fine with Kitayama. Let's go with Kitsuyama because I don't I don't trust Seabez at all. I, I literally think he's one of the worst players in the field. Um, <laughs> it, it, this could all happen and Moron could go and do like a three and zero. He's one and zero lifetime. He is one and zero lifetime, and he was actually I think pretty impressive in that that tournament that he played. Um, but again, no no strength in predictions there. No actually, no bets. He, now that I'm thinking about it, could he do what Perez did two years ago and be that? It's a well, fairly similar situation. Well, Moronk. Yeah. Could do. I mean, I, I literally could I could pick up three of the four players and sticks and throw them over my shoulder and just pick that way. Um, I think so, too. I, I would snap Bezweden out stick in half and make sure he wasn't thrown. Um, but, yeah. I, I'm going to play Moronk on DraftKings. I just decided that because I like that he, he won his only match in the Hero Cup. Um, and I think he's almost like a similar vibe as a as a Victor Perez. Might probably be not popular because not many people know who he is. Um, and Perez made that little run. In the, I think they have kind of a similar game a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I'm fine with it. 
Um, but yeah, I'm fine with Kiriyama for our bracket. I'm definitely going to play a little uh, a little Moronk on DraftKings if he's not popular at all, which I don't think he will be. I'm trying to think of, I can't remember who he actually played in that Hero Cup uh, in the singles, but probably somebody probably, awful. It probably doesn't matter. Um, I, I I don't think it would have ever been anyone awful unless it was like Callum Shinkwin or Ewan Ferguson because it was they had Fleetwood Hatton, Lowry, McIntyre, Power, Jordan Smith, Wallace on the team. So like it was. It's decent competition. Yeah. Let's have, let's actually have a look at let's let's spend a couple of minutes looking at who he beat in the Hero Cup. That's funny. I was just googling that as you said it. <laughs> Davy Cup is that what we're supposed to call he, it, right? He held the winning part as well, by the way. Wow. Um, who did he play? Is the question. Yeah. Ah, Shinquin. So he did oh. play. He did play probably the weakest player of the thing, and it was a one-hole lead on the 18th. So wow. um, maybe don't put too much stock in that. But I do agree with the win. sentiment. Yeah, like I do get the sentiment that I think this is the probably the one where I have least interest and wouldn't be targeting anyone in terms of lineups or bets. Yeah. Will Zalatoris, Ryan Fox, Harris English, Andrew Putnam. On paper, Will Zalatoris has probably got the easiest group. Or one of. Yeah, I think so. Is there any concern about just him, though? There is concern. I, I bet him as well at 35 to 1 because he kind of worked out with my other bets in terms of each quadrant. I want like in a one in each quadrant. Yeah. Um, and I thought the 35 number was good. And I think he played well here last year. I think he lost in a playoff when he did get out of the group. Yeah. So in 2021, on his debut, he didn't get out, but. He won one, halved one in a group with Dylan Fratelli, Tony Fino, and Jason Kokrak. Um, Fratelli getting out of that group. Then last year, what did he do? He went, I'm assuming he went pretty well because he would have won his group. Got out of Sergio's group, I think. No, he got out of Victor Hovland's group. So he beat Tringali five and four, beat Hovland one up and lost to Stracker four and two, which is Stracker's only win on the week. Hmm. So it's an interesting, it's a weird... Weird path to getting out, and then he must have then won his next match 22 holes against Kevin Nahr. Yep, then he lost to Kevin Kisner. Yeah, so I think, um, I think any time you have a player that loses to Kisner, Kucher, Horschel, but they've beaten someone before that to get there, I think you've almost got to like say, Do you know what? They just got beat by someone that's absolutely loves his golf course, loves match play. Um, Good in so Texas I, too. Yeah, like I would, I would have a, a certain element of confidence about Zalatoris. Would you be surprised if he won this event? No, not really. No, unless he's enough. unless he's just not healthy. Because I think he is. That's it's the amount of golf you've got to play. Like he's got to win seven matches. Yeah, that's true. And so he had that fourth. Where did he have the fourth Riviera? Yep. And then he's fifty third and seventy third since. So. His last yeah. his last round was a 77 at the players, which is a bit concerning. But I just don't see English, Putnam or Fox cause any problems. Only guy who I'd say would be English. I mean, just because I look at the other guys who have played well here, he kind of fits that mold. Yeah. The coochers of the world. Um, But he's he just, just all putting. Yeah, he just annoys me. Like, if you lose to him, it's, like, frustrating. It's not, like, I don't think he's going to play well to do it. You're just going to get, like you say, a few weird bounces. I'm going with Zalatoris out there. That's fine. Yep. 
Xander Shuffle, Tom Hoagie, Aaron Wise, Cam Davis. Cam Davis obviously came back at the players, but it was all chipping and putting. Um, obviously, that can help you here in that in this type of format if you do that. But I don't suppose you do that two weeks in a row or two starts in a row. No, uh, I hate this group. Tom Hoagie should be good here. Hoagie's the guy who I have coming out just because his, he's ranked first in the uh, approach in his last 24 rounds. Um and is this just, is this like a litmus test for Shoffley? Like, how good are you? Because you should be winning this group. He should be, but I don't think he's going to. No, I don't. I, I agree. I'm going to have Hoagie out of there. Um, but I have no confidence in any of them. And I think no. that if Shoffley is a player that he wants to be, or everyone thinks he is, he should be winning that group. He should. I don't think I'm going to have anyone in, in any draftings lineup from this from this section. No, cool. I'm not going to bet it either. This group's a weird one. So Matt Fitzpatrick, Sahith Figala, Mimbu Lee, JJ Spawn. I have Figala coming out. I had Minwoo. Um, I, think I, I think it's a toss-up. And I actually think JJ Spawn can get hot in this type of thing as well. Right, he's one in Texas. Yeah. I just, I don't have any faith in Fitz. Me neither. I, I don't think Fitz is coming out. Um, I think it's one of the other three. And I think those three is just like, again, throw the sticks. It could be one of any of them. Yeah, because I don't think Fitz got out last year, did he? He just beat, I just remember he beat Poulter, but I, I still don't think he actually got out of the group. He just beat Poulter. I think he went to a playoff with have a look. Sergio, maybe? I just vividly remember the scene from um, Full Swing that they just showed Fitz beating Poulter and it was like oh yeah he's someone through I, the clubs yeah he's like this is someone I grew up like admiring or whatever and then like six months later he like hates him he was in Scheffler's group okay so he actually won oh Scheffler had to had to take him to a playoff didn't he to yes get out? Scheffler defeated Fitzpatrick on the sixth hole of a sudden death playoff so that's what I was trying to say earlier with the Scheffler thing like as great as he played he was that close to not getting out of his group and he lost, like you said, he lost to Fleetwood. So it's weird. It's weird. He beat Fitzpatrick five and four in like the standard group match, and then had to take him to six holes to beat him in the thing. Like it's, it's weird. The tough group uh, too. So does that, is that not more inspiring that he got that Sheffield got out of that group and in the adversity of beating Fitzpatrick? Is that not better for him rather than like, oh, I could have just gone another way? It is, but it's also just six playoff holes. I mean, just one little roll one way or the other, and you're out. Yeah. But so we put. Does that make you feel any differently about Fitz, or we're just still taking him on? No, I don't. I'm not taking. I think something's wrong with him still. I'll I'll let you pick here, Minwoo. Yeah, I'll go Minwoo. I don't. I don't feel. I mean, Tagal. It doesn't really feel like a Tagala course to me. I just don't think it feels like any a course for any of them. No, if, it any, if anything, actually, Spawn probably the most suitable. And I don't want to take Spawn on in the match play event, like hoping that he's going to beat Fitz, the Gala, and Mimberley. Has he ever done any match play in his career? Let me see. No, he's 0 and 0. Yeah. So, but I Mimble? think he I, he strikes me Spawn as someone that could be good at it. He does. Me too. Um, and Minwu Min almost skill set wise is kind of similar to the Gala. Like neither one is That's, very accurate off the tee. That's what I mean. They're both the same guy. Like, I just have them as these guys that can go low, lower than anyone at any point, but can't be trusted. Whereas I think Spawn can just plod along and wind you up. I'm kind of talking myself into playing a bit of Spawn here. Yeah, I, I feel actually all right going with Spawn. I mean, none of the three have really much match play experience at all. All of them Spawn, have all Spawn's like a 6K guy. 
Yeah, you could. Yeah, I think. And then we don't. We're not. We're not that high on Xander. You know, he is a guy who could get out of that. That's a spot where I'd like to take a chance on a cheap, low on guy when I don't think the favorite's coming out of his quadrant or the one above them. Well, I actually feel great about his quadrant. So this will obviously appear as a go. So actually, we changed our pick to Spawn over Mimuli. Yeah. Okay. So Spawn, Spawn is in. Um, the next group is Tyrrell Hatton, Russell Henley, Lucas Herbert, Ben Griffin. I think Hatton's got the clearest path to getting out of a group of anybody. I oh, think that's who, that's who he would play next. That's who he would play. No, he would play Xander's group, right? He would play Hoagie, but then Hatton would play the next group, and then Spawn would have to beat. I'm guessing Hatton if we put it. Are we? I think are we, that's fine. Yeah. So he's saying that Hatton beats Henley, Lucas Herbert, Ben Griffin. Absolutely, I think he wins the event. I think he's a great. So he is my second bet behind Jason Day. Mine too. Uh, so I've made Day, Hatton, and Kucha, or Hatton, Day, Kucha, whichever way people want to put it. Um, I think there's a reason that he's so popular this week, Hatton. It makes perfect sense. Uh, he's got out of the group here multiple times, I believe. Uh, yeah, three times in five starts here. He's never got past the round of 16 is, is the one concern. Yeah, but that's just, who knows? I, I think it's almost a coin flip at that stage. Let's see who he's lost to. So last year he lost to Seamus Power 4-3. and three. We already spoke about how well Seamus Power was playing. 2019, who did he play? 2019 he lost to Matt Kuchar. If I'm going by the theory of we can ignore when they lose to those kind of guys because they're specialists, then I have to agree with that. Uh, 2021 he lost to... 2021 he didn't get out. Uh, 2018 is the other year that he got out. And that was against Cameron Smith. So he's been beat by Cameron Smith, Matt Kuchar, and whoever the other one that I just said. But mm-hmm. that's a pretty tough... He's actually had tough last 16 matchups. 13 and 10 is career in singles. Um, when I bet he's, it was 40 to 1 in DraftKings. He's annoying. Like yes. I can imagine just being annoyed, like getting pissed off playing him. And I think that's actually a good asset to have in this. Like I can imagine someone like a Rory coming up to him just can't be bothered like with his antics and that would actually put them off. And that's great news for, for Hatton, even if it's yeah. not the way that you necessarily think someone should win. Um, it's a way of winning. When he gained 8.3 strokes on approach at the players. Yeah, I, I think he's just playing really, really good golf. Um and just should be and should be taken. He's like he's like the European Kucher and Kisner almost too, you know. Yeah. So I have complete faith in him. I think he's definitely at least in the final four, probably playing in that third place matchup potentially. Um next group, Rory McIlroy, Keegan Bradley, Denny McCarthy, Scott Stallings. This is my hot take of the week. I have Denny McCarthy coming out. I don't mind that at all. I, I think the the tour probably tried to set it up to get Rory out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is is the second best player is Keegan, who's one in thirteen lifetime in singles matches. Never won a match here. Never won numbers. here. Yeah, one in thirteen in his career. Um, and then and he's not playing all you know all that well. I just and always then, think he's good at match play because of how well he played in Medina. But yeah, that was team play, right? So the singles match that must have been his own. He must have won that singles match because he just have one in his career. So I guess that's from that. Who did he play? It's a tough one to, to recall off the top of the head. 
He didn't play Rory, did he? I don't think so, no. I feel like they put him out early, though, because he was just, like, the guy that week. He did play Rory. He lost two and one to Rory that week, so he must have won wow. one somewhere else. He must have won at a different course, I think. Or maybe President's when, No, I think maybe when he played against, like, was it against, did he beat Jimenez when he won that match play? Yeah, yeah, it must have been that. And, like, Jimenez hated him and nearly killed him. He's never really recovered either. I wish but, he did kill him. <laughs> I I, uh, I don't like Rory here at all. No, I don't either. I, and like you said earlier, I doubt he really wants to be here. I was just hoping it was to be a better group to pick an upset out of. Like I just wanted like a, a feistier underdog. If and but do you think it's McCarthy? Yeah, I think McCarthy's best performances have come on Pete Dye, like the players, the heritage. I think he's a streaky putter. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't played here. Hasn't played match play as far as I know. So there's there's nothing really to go by on that. Um, but Scott Stallings is is not. The, the danger man, right? I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, so we've got to look at... So Rory got out of the group in 2019 and then he lost to Tiger. Yep. So I, I don't know how we feel about that. And then he was fourth on his debut in 2016 here, which is obviously the first year of the course. He's just never been good since the first year of the course, which is, I always think, a little bit concerning. Um, he beat Rory... <laughs> Okay, so let's look at his group because his path to victory, his path to the final four in the knockouts was pretty fair. Okay, so his group. Could you could you name any one? If you can name any one person that was in Rory McIlroy's 2016 match play group, I will send some sort of prize your way. Uh, uh, okay, I I got a couple. Uh, I'll give I'll give you eight guesses at three players. Okay, um, DJ Trahan. No, I don't think he was in the event. <laughs> I'm I'm getting trying to get off the off the uh okay um let's go Brendan Steele no nope. um this is a fun game I'd have no idea by the way I'll give you a clue there was one European in his group Martin Keimer no um let's go with oh I know who it, who it might be um who am I why am I why am I drawing a blank on his name the guy um. Who he's been playing a little bit lately. He has some good course history at some recent places we've seen, but he's a Europe, used to be a good European player, but now he sucks. Um, it's not him then, because this guy has come back to life. Oh. So the European, I'll give you the European. It was Theobjorn Olsson. Oh, okay. Okay. The 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 bottom feeder of the group was Smiley Kaufman. Oh, jeez. And the runner-up was Kevin Nahr. My next guest is going to be Wes Bryant. Which I don't even yeah. know that was. So, uh, so I was in no danger of sending you a prize. And then no. the 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 knockout stages, he beat Zach Johnson one up, he beat Chris Kirk four and three, and then lost to Jason Day. Okay, and the guy but, I was thinking of was Jonas Blix just came to me. But, yeah. So are we saying that he's actually shit here? And the only time he's ever actually got out of the group is when he's had a pass of victory that's concluded Kevin Nath, Wilson, Smiley Kaufman, Zach Johnson, and Chris Kirk. Yeah. I mean, in th- it makes sense. I mean, on paper, it shouldn't fit him that well. No, and he beat, Denny's he, playing well, huh? Yeah, he beat Olison one up, and he beat Kaufman three and one, and then halved with Nah. Yeah, I think this is a great place to take a shot. Um, and McCarthy's the only guy who I'd really feel comfortable taking a shot on, too. I mean, I guess, like, Keegan should be... I think Keegan should be better here, but I guess he doesn't really play massively into his strengths. So... Are we happy taking Denny McCarthy out? Yeah. 
it only helps us by so then let's go in reverse order now Tyrrell Hatton beats Daniel Carphy yep uh, Tom Hoagie versus JJ Spawn <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what a match play encounter that's when you miss the live guys yeah even the mid-tier ones you get the I mean even like the Casey's and but you don't even get a historical guy that was like okay this like Hakucha where it's like oh he's been good here once yeah like or Westwood or Poulter like yeah um, that that's that's where I really do think it hurts, and I think like objective- Tom Hoagie doesn't go home going yes, I've got a scalp over JJ Spawn. If he takes down Poulter, he's like okay, I'll beat a match play legend. Yes, or Westwood, or yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess Hoagie. I don't know. Okay, Hoagie. I don't through. care. Do you, do you is that no, you I, I, have, I have no strength. Uh, no no taking it. Are we just subconsciously trying to make the best road for Hatton? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think uh, uh, beats Kitayama. Yes. Because we weren't convinced on Kitayama anyway. John Rahm against Corey Connors. Can you see that being the upset on this side? Yeah, I can. Okay, Corey Connors is through. Let's go to the other side. Scott Scheffler versus Tommy Fleetwood. Well, I, th- I think Scheffler. Tommy beat him last year. <laughs> um, he has beautiful blue eyes. Okay, uh, well, who would you rather who would you rather get to have the pick out of the Fleetwood Scheffler match or the Jason Day Matt Kucha? I'm uh, the Fleetwood match. You haven't so you want Fleetwood through? Yeah. Fleetwood's through, which means I'm picking Jason Day to beat Matt Kucha. Uh, I think you self-consciously were going to do that anyway. So subconsciously. Uh, That's what I said, yeah. Are we doing Spieth versus Homer? Yes. So Spieth beats Homer. Cantley beats Hadwin to end the fairy tale run for the Canadian. No, I got Hadwin over Cantley. You got Hadwin over Cantley. Okay, I'm happy with that. And then Spieth beating Hadwin. Yes. Okay, who wins out of Tommy Fleetwood and Jason Day? Day. Day. Okay. Connors or Zalatoris? I'm guessing you're going Zalatoris. Zalatoris, I like yeah. Um, <laughs> Tyrrell Hassan beats Tom Hoagie. Which leaves us with semi-finals of Will Zalatoris versus Tyrrell Hatton. Hatton. And Jason Day versus Spieth. I like Spieth. I think Day runs out of steam here at, at the end. Okay. So then that means that all of our picks get an each-way payout. Yep. Because they all finish in the semi-finals. That leaves Jason Day and Will Zalatoris for the third place winner. I'm going to go with Day because I don't think Zalatoris is fit enough to do seven matches, which is really ironic considering it's Jason Day. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Speeth Hatton in the final. I got Hatton. You've got Hatton? Yep. There's our bracket. Our champion in the middle with a with a gleaming face is Tyrrell Hatton. Yep, and we have uh, everyone's pissed. Everyone's rooting for Speeth. Yeah. In he, Texas. He, he would be like the... That would be the crowd ruiner, wouldn't it? Like, people will moan that he's, like, unfairly beaten Spieth by putting him off his game and all that sort of stuff. Big Texas crowd, all cheering for Spieth. Hatton's going to be flipping everybody off. <laughs> and and then it's going to create the narrative, hey, he just finished runner-up at the match play. He's in great form. Then then comes the, uh, the Augusta uh, narrative. Is it better for Spieth to win this or finish runner-up? Runner-up. For, for Masters. <laughs> Do you think he wins the Masters? Isn't it this weird I, Easter Sunday thing that he always wins on Easter Sunday? Yeah, I think he could win the Masters. I do. Uh, I think he's, he, has, he has a great shot. Yeah, no, I agree. But he's not like a, I don't think he's a Shuffler type where he's going to win this, then win the Masters. He needs to have a good performance here. 
Is he going to play next week at the Texas Open? I'm sure. I assume he would. Yeah. It's just a lot of weeks in a row now, though. Maybe. Maybe that's just the one time he goes. You know what? I'm out. Um, so let's now try and so our favorite so our bets because obviously we're doing the betting show here as well. Uh, I've got Jason Day at 33 to one. I've got Tyrrell Hatton, who is now 25 to one. I'm taking Matt Kuchar at 100 to one still, uh, in the hope that he potentially gets over Day. I guess I've got to do what you didn't take someone from that kind of top right, and I think Zalatoris is the one. So Zalatoris 33, Day 33, Hatton 25, and Matt Kuchar 100. So I have five, but my four main ones are each, and I, that's I bet these beforehand because last week I don't know if you saw the drafting's odds were just yeah really just, nice. So, yeah. So I was like I, I got to get the guys who I think you know have a shot. It, it ended up working out perfectly for me. So I got Spieth. Um, yeah. 28, Morikawa, I got at 35, so that's top left, bottom left, uh, top left, bottom left. Um, Zalatoris, 35 from the top right, and then Hatton, 40 from the bottom right. And then I also took Connors at 80, just because I think if Rom gets upset, he has a nice little path, and I think 80 to 1 is a decent price on him. Yep, no, I can I can get on board with all of that. Um, so now I think we've kind of got to look at, maybe just, just before we kind of get off here, we've got to like, look at optimal kind of plays So in the DraftKings. So above 10K which is all of the, I guess, Spieth is a number 12 seed. Uh, but above 10K, who are your favourites? So I'm I'm guessing Spieth is, is the 10K? one. Is he 10K? I need to look he's, at the prices. He's, he's 10-2, Spieth. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you, I'm going to play you happy to You're happy to start your lineups with Spieth? Yes. Because I can see Ram getting upset, and I can see Scheffler... Well, you can see Scheffler being beat by Fleetwood, and I can definitely see Scheffler being beat by Day. So, at 11-1, you need him to win. Yes, yes, and unless a big upset wins. Yeah. So, I'm good with going with Spieth as a favourite in there. Jeez, every time I refresh, Homer gets more popular in, in the numbers. 9K, I feel like, is a, is a little bit tough because I like Hatton at 9 and Jason Day at 9-1, but so would everyone else. So, is that where you've yeah. got to be different? I don't think Day's going to be as popular. So we can um, go. I think so you're we, fine playing him. So we can start Spieth. You can't have Spieth and Day in the same lineup, though, right? Or can you? Spieth bottom, Spieth bottom so that, left. So that they'd be in the semi-finals against one another. Then yeah, you can do that. You can do that. So that's fine. Um, 8Ks. Zalatoris is 8-9. You have Spieth, Day, Hatton in the lineup. Spieth, Day, Hatton, the other lineup, we can. We like all of those guys. I'm assuming we can't get Salatoris in. What does that leave us? That leaves us with 6-4 for the other two guys. So we're taking Spawn at 6K just to yep. give us some play. And that gives us 6-8. So at the moment, that this is where it gets like we'd have to be careful. So we've got Day and Hatton. So we've got Hatton winning it from... The right-hand side. Easiest way to explain this. Over Zalatoris. Yep. So we're, we're saying that Hatton and Zalatoris get to the semis. We're saying Spieth and Day get to the semis. So that works out great for our lineups. We're saying that Spawn can get out of his group. Um, and there's actually no reason why he couldn't get past Tom Hoagie either, which means that he could get to the, the kind of quarterfinal stage with Hatton, right? 
yeah, I think the only time you can't get two two guys in the same lives is if they're going to play each other if they both win. So like if we're taking Hatton, that means we can't take anyone from we can't put McCarthy in that lineup or Stallings or Bradley. Right. Um. Uh, so, but I think above that, if they both can win that match and win their six round of sixteen match, then we're fine to play both of them. So I think you can play Spawn and Hatton together, no problem. So we've got Spawn, Hatton, Steve Salatorius, Jason Day, leaving us with six eight. So you had can't play anyone from the Fina group. So annoying. Hadwin's way more expensive than I thought he would be. So it has to be for that lineup. If anyone on the right side would have to be Davis Thompson. Or Davis Riley. What is he going to be? Davis Riley. I think he's too expensive. Yeah, he's 7-3. So our options are Aaron Wise, Maverick McNeely, Bezwedenhout, Svensson, Davis, Taylor, Perez, Griffin, Lee, Moronk, Herbert. Where's Moronk? Moronk is in the group camp, with... Camp. Yeah, can't, can't play him. him. So this is where it's tough. Right? Read them again, but but slowly. Let's do one by one the guys we can fit. Of who we can fit in, so we can have Aaron Wise. Okay, Aaron Wise, where is he? He's with Hoagie's group. Hoagie's group. So um, we have, we have, so we could play. We couldn't play him and Ho and. We can't play him because we're playing Spawn. So next. Next is McNeely. McNeely's in the top, okay, in that Fleetwood group. Um, we could play him. So you could play him hoping that he just performs miracles, right? Or hoping that someone upsets Scheffler. Yeah. Um, Adam Svensson's a no, even if we could play him, I don't want to play him. No. We can't play him anyway. Cameron Davis is Davis. the ho- is the knocked out by Hoagie or Spawn. So no. So no. Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor, we So we could play him. Could play. Yep. We could play Nick Taylor hoping that he gets out of the Hadwin. And you liked him too. I, I like that. Yeah. Let's do let's do Taylor. So our lineup is Hatton, Day, Speeth, Spawn, Taylor, Zalatoris. I'm gonna toss one of those in. I do I do really do like that lineup. And that's that's two hundred dollars remaining. Yep. Perfect. Our other option, I guess, would be Skip Zalatoris because he's the yeah. one I think we're a little less sold on for someone a little bit cheaper, so we can get um, a better guy instead of Taylor. Like if we did that, we would probably have to go. What if we skipped? What if we skipped Zalatoris and played Connors? Then would that just change up our lineup completely, though? Would we could just replace Zalatoris with Connors, then replace Nick Taylor with somebody else? So we go Connors, Spieth, Day, Hatton. Um, and then we're replacing Zalatoris and Nick Taylor. So we would go. Who else do we have? Because we're replacing Connors with. with sorry, uh, yeah, we're replacing Zalatoris with Connors, right? So we've got we've got two spaces left, six, nine each. So we've got Spieth, Day, Hatton, Connors in. Mm-hmm. Spieth, Day, Hatton, Connors. Day. 
Yeah, I said that. So we've got Con so we've got Spieth, Hatton, Day, Connors. Okay. Who's a, who's our fifth guy last time? Oh, almost forgotten. <laughs> Two. Oh, oh, spawn. Spawn. We can keep spawn. So we keep spawn. So we're just looking to replace one guy, aren't we? Yep. So that leaves us with seven, eight. So we can have. So that's where you could have Hadwin in. Yeah. So you could have so, Hadwin instead of Taylor. Connors right. So instead you, of Zalatoris. So I would play two lineups. I would play them both the same, except that one I would have Zalatoris Taylor. The other one I would have um, Connor. Connors Hadwin. Connors Hadwin. Because then your core hits are the four guys you really think you're going to win. Then yeah. you have two different chances to get that lineup through. That's so how I play DraftKings in general. Yeah, so our core three players then, we're, or core four players we're saying is Day, Hatton, Spawn, Speed. Yeah, but I wouldn't, yeah, I, I might even switch a 3v3 and get someone else instead of Spawn too, just to mix it yeah. up. So, in yeah. case, because I like that as our core three with the Day, um, Speed, and um, Hatton. Well then, well, then you can have anyone from 6 2 downwards. So you could have Thompson, Hughes, Strecker, Putnam, Spawn, if you wanted a 3 and 3. But I think it gets more complicated again. So you might have to just include Spawn just so you can have Speed, Hatton, and Day in. Right, and that's just two lineups. Yeah. And, and then and then mix it up a little bit. And next and then the next round, I would probably go see if you can get more Kawa instead of Day or Hovland instead of Day, uh, kind of in that area. Um, and then I like you know. I like the Morikawa start. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think I think that's that's giving people plenty as well, right? I yeah. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Uh, we've we've summarised our bets. Um, that's it. I think we're done. I think otherwise anything else would be information overload, right? I think this is a very informative um, show, though. Honestly, it, it informs me because until I sit there and talk with you about it, I don't understand what's going on. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> and me too. I didn't. I mean, I finally now that we're done, I get now I know what I'm gonna. Now I have a plan of action. That I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go execute. Yeah, like I think I know what I'm doing. And because I, I can make the bets to the point where I'm like, okay, if I take these two, like I can take Day and Hatton as my two winners because they can get to the final and yes. play each other. So I'm fine with that in my head. And then I'm like, okay, well, Kucha can get knocked out, but he's a hundreds one shot. It doesn't really matter. Right. Um, so then I had to realize that I need to take someone from the top right as betting, which is where Zalatoris comes in. I also quite like Cam Young. So you can take any one of those two. Um, but Cam Young's obviously got to immediately beat John Rahm, um, whereas Zalatoris gets further on is probably the the better thing. In that respect, it's a bit weird that Cam Young is the same price as Zalatoris, no? Yeah, I, I think um, the Zalatoris price I thought was big. I think probably maybe because of health and recent form is in, impacting that. But then, even if you do that, like you have a guy you think is going to get through a couple of rounds. Now, Zalatoris, we think, can run out of steam. But say he gets to the round of eight and he's playing some, he's playing Rom in the round of eight. You can just hedge your bet out right there and yeah. bet on Rom. And like Zalatoris' path to victory is so much clearer, I think, than the Youngs. So like yeah. Zalatoris has got to beat Fox, English, and Putnam in his group, and then he's got to beat one of Finau, Kitty Armour, Ronk, Bezuidenhout, who we all think are pretty weak. So Zalatoris is almost through in, in our heads in that respect, whereas Cam Young could easily get beat by Connors in the group. And then yes. if, let's say he gets past Connors, he's then got to beat Rahm. And if anyone beats Rahm out of that group, then they're very dangerous. Like if, if Horschel just finds his mojo this week, he can win it. Like if he can get out of the group with Rahm, Mitchell and Paller in it, he can win the tournament. Right. Yeah. So and, um, whereas I, I don't feel that way about anyone in Zalatoris or, or the Kitty Armour group. 
that's why I like Connors too, because if somebody upsets Rom, then Connors' path gets pretty easy. Yeah, and and Connors had to have played well to get past Cam Young and Rom, right? Yeah. Like if you get past those two guys, he's a he's a clear contender to win it. Like he he's playing good golf. Yeah. Yep. I like that. So you could you could have Connors and Zalatoris as a bet. You could do what I've I, kind of done. I did with, do that. Yeah, with with Kucher and Day, right? Like yeah, I got my four main ones with the Spieth, Morikawa, Zalatoris, Hatton, but then Connors is that one just in case Zalatoris, because I he's the one guy I'm a little bit concerned about. And say if things don't go well, then you get a, a nice path for for Connors as well. And, and if you're gonna do that, it's might as well do it with the long shot, I think. Yeah, I like it. I think this was good. It was a. It's different, obviously, like people are used to obviously hearing me, Jason and Brad in this spot, but people that listen to the podcast should know that me and Matt do this every week. Um, it's just been a little bit different. Look, every time we've said this is not a betting show every other week, uh, this this time it was it was allowed to be a betting show, which is. Yeah, it's great. And maybe we'll get some people who typically just listen to your first show and not the second one. Um, and maybe they'll say, oh, you know, this show, this dynamic works pretty well. So maybe I'll listen to both. I hope so. I hope they get to the point yeah. where they're like, Tom just lets Matt make random picks. Uh, who did I let you have? I let you have Fleetwood over Scheffler. I think that's buckled. Yeah. I think I think that's the one I'm letting you have, isn't it? Whereas, like, the one I got to have was, like, I got to pick Spawn. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 uh, that, was a, that was a tough one. But I just think Scheffler's... Um, I think he's, pop- he's got to be beatable, right? Like, he, he can't just keep winning. And if, you, if you're going to pick anyone's beat him, pick the guy that's beaten on his golf course already. Yeah, he's be- he's beatable and he's um crazy popular. So yeah, I think if if Sheffield gets beat a lot, like you're already on the front foot. Yes, yeah. Is, I is think we have a, a big week coming. I'm looking forward to this. I, I I really would I would be happy with see. I'd really like to see Day win it because I've just been following Day all season. Um, and I, and I think he's just got a good path. And I think having to beat Spieth to get to the final is impressive in its own right. And then. If we're saying Hatton gets to the final, which we are, we're saying he's going to win it. Like that would be a really good win as well. Like I don't think he can get go and get like a cheap win like some people have before. So I think he's really no. got to earn it. Oh yeah, he does. And you worry about the health, but I think it's definitely a great course for him and definitely a great format for him. So we'll see. It's good, Matt. Thank you very much, as everybody. Uh, we will catch up during the week when our our lineups are through and we're in the final four. All right, sounds good. <laughs>